today on Growth Mindset University. When I posted a picture of me and my mom on like her birthday in December, I was like, top three lessons I learned from my mom. <laughs> like I cannot just like post a picture of like a cat. You're listening to Growth Mindset University, educating tomorrow's leaders with lessons from today's entrepreneurial elite. It's a progressive new age of business we find ourselves in, and we'll help you find the success you seek by listening to today's industry professionals and thought leaders teach us the lessons we should have learned in school but didn't. Now, please welcome your host, Jordan Paris. Standard time too, right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's 10.39? Yeah. Okay, I'm good until like max 11.40. Okay, perfect. So... Have you have you decided on screw being shy as your title? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, perfect. Because yeah, the cover yeah, should be done by this week. Document said it was like untitled previewers. <laughs> oh really? Oh, it's because I didn't because I made a separate word doc for it. Um, so I just didn't yeah. title the document name. But yeah, it's called screw being shy. How to manage social anxiety and be yourself in front of anyone. But don't worry about that. I can say that. <laughs> perfect, man. So uh, I don't know. I guess I'll like. I guess I'll introduce you. I don't even like. I mean, we could I talk about whatever. I don't, know that, I don't even know that you really need to be introduced. This is your third time being interviewed on the podcast, yeah. right? So one of probably two people that has uh, done that on Growth Mindset University, and uh, you know, you've got you've got the Humans 2.0 podcast of which I've been a guest on, and and uh, who, let me think. I mean, who Everyone. else? I mean, Everyone. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Robert <laughs> Green, even right. That's uh, uh, who else, Green. man? You can name drop. I got. I give you permission. Aubrey Green. No, Aubrey, Aubrey Green. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it's a long day. Uh, it's ten thirty-nine, bro. <laughs> yeah, Robert Green, uh, Aubrey Marcus, uh, Patrick, Bed David, the man Naveen Jane, Ed Milet. You said you just said Robert Marcus, bro. No way. I swear to God. <laughs> Damn. At, at my lead, though, yeah, yeah. He had some very kind words for you. I remember listening to that about maybe almost a year ago, dude. It was in at the end of 2018. <laughs> well, it's 2020, and... Uh, yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we started our journey together August of 2018. We probably got on the phone for the first time. You were kind enough to take a phone call that you didn't know it amounts to anything. Dude, and the biggest thing, bro, that I want to give you... Sorry. The biggest thing I want to give you props on is LinkedIn. Thank you. Because, like, I remember when we talked about LinkedIn on our on our chat, I'm not even joking. Maybe you and maybe one other person who I've given that free advice to have actually taken it and utilized it and blown up on LinkedIn. Hmm. Literally nobody. That's why I stopped doing it. Like I stopped giving people advice. I'm like, hey, you want advice? You can sign up to hire me for consulting or you could buy my right. course because that actually works. But um, you're like one of the few people that have actually done it. So well, I'm, you, I, I'm really glad. And I remember, man, I was so serious about it. And it, it did take me, though, two months to like, we, like we talked in August and you took it, it took me two months to actually really get into it and you know you're one of the people that i was studying you know studying your content and just like looking you know and just being like a a, a, almost a passive observer but really just an observer to see what works and what doesn't before i really took action on it oh he's snapping a picture yeah i'm trying to take a picture (laughs) that doesn't show my crowded desktop it's like sure but uh was gonna say man yeah and i think i remember you saying too that uh you know, the reason you do this is that, you know, I want to be able to say like, you know, if you turn into like a, a Tim Ferriss, I want to be able to say that, For that sure. I knew, you know, that I knew Tim Ferriss and, and that I helped him too, you know, by extension. So For uh, sure, dude. the the results have been great, man. And, and, uh, and you, you've taken off even more on LinkedIn too. Okay. So I remember, I was going to say this for last, but we're going to talk about it now. Okay. That, uh, Wait, oh yeah, we're recording this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm not cool. even, and I'm not even like done with the intro really, but <laughs> uh but you and I I so I remember I had you know I, at one point um you were way ahead of me in followers and then I actually like I mean look I play the fucking compare game I don't really care I look at people <laughs> I was at one point 
you know, I think I was at like 27,000, you were at like 25, and we stayed that way for a little bit. And now I, I'm at 35,920 something. And you all of a sudden, only within like the past three months, I think you, you skyrocketed to 50,000 and beyond. Like how, how have you done that? What has has changed? What are the latest learnings here that I'm missing out on? Yeah. So this is the most important thing I think. Um, so one obviously is it like just takes time, right? So I remember when we hopped on that call way back, I remember you had more followers than me. I don't know what you were doing for LinkedIn, but you it had was, told me. Well, dude, it was the forced followership. You just send connection yeah. requests in, in right. mass. Right. Right. It, you know, I was getting one like on my posts, bro. Yeah. It didn't yeah. matter. Yeah. So, yeah. So I remember like you had more followers than me at that time, um, but I know like you had already told me that and like they weren't really active. They were just connection requests and whatnot. Um, and so honestly, man, I think the biggest thing is like I have – so I remember when I first began to post content on LinkedIn, video had just come out. Like this – like yes. the video feature, which seems crazy now, right? Long time ago. And so like I was on that. I was like dropping like one-minute videos all the time like every other day or every day. And like a lot of those videos would do really well. But honestly, man, I like – there was a time probably in like September of last year where like a lot of my success started to mess with my head. And a big part of it was like, it's a September whole September 2019 or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like last year, like from June to September. Uh, September, I kind of like began to figure things out and I got back on it. I think that's why I saw growth. But dude, honestly, it was like, like I felt like I had created so many different versions of myself online like through these videos. So like somebody would watch a video I had created like four months ago. And it's not like I'm disagreeing with myself or it's not like what I'm saying is contradictory, but it's just like, I'm a different person now than that person two months ago, three months ago. And so what I learned was like, I'm honestly not a fan of making videos on LinkedIn. Like I'm Mm. really not a fan. Like if it's to promote a podcast through like an audiogram, that's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'm at a point where like, if I hold my phone up and I talk about an idea, and again, like sometimes it, it just fits in organically, but I was like forcing myself to do this every day. Whereas like now I'm just trying to go more in line with my strengths, which is what I've learned of like, I'm more of like the information kind of person. You're, I'm not like a writer a, too, man. Yeah. I'm not like a motivating, inspiring person. Like I feel like I'm in terms of like my communication style, it's more like, um, it's more like Seth Godin. It's more like kind of like deep information. It's kind of like more like Dan Chabelle. It's not so much like me putting pictures of myself and quoting myself yeah. and these things. Like that's just not who I am. And so yeah. you when put I put out began- like six six strategies to fill in the blank, you know, you put out these like strategies to do X, Y, or Z. Yeah, like that's that's the person who I've learned like that's who I am. And so I've been sticking to like that information. And even like that's why like if you look at my Instagram, Instagram was even messing with my head more because that platform is so much more like you got to be pretty. You got to post pictures of yourself. I still can't do that. Like I, of course, like I'll post pictures of myself. But to me in my head, like the way that my head works. I, I got to be like, pretty on Instagram. I get it. <laughs> yeah. And also, honestly, like personally I'm, for me, like, you know. I hate Instagram, have, bro. Yeah, me too. Like people don't have to agree with this. This is just my personal philosophy. If you don't do this, it doesn't mean I hate you. But it's like for me, when I post on social media and I'm not adding value some way, somehow to somebody's life, to me, that feels like a waste. Like I, I can't live with myself and do that. Like when I posted a picture of me and my mom on like her birthday in December, I was like top three lessons I learned from my mom. Like, <laughs> like I cannot just like post a picture of like a cat and be like, hashtag fun. Like I, I can't do you, that. You're, like, you're not, no you're not posting, uh, Mark, you're not posting ass shots. Showing Dude, off your, I wish, your big ass. <laughs> I wish, bro. I'm sponsored by Bang Energy, bro. Like, you know, <laughs> like that's just who I am, man. And yeah. so I'm just like more in line with what the things that I want to do more in my strengths. And like I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, I'm like taking my writing and then I'm translating that to pictures and having them like slide through and things like that, man. So the more I've done that, the more people like know me like, oh, it's Mark. Like he's that guy that's known for X, Y, and Z, you know, so. So it's a good I, question. Yeah, man. I um you know, I've stopped doing video not entirely, but uh you know, I used to do it many times per week. Now I do it if I'm lucky one time 
per week, or not if I'm lucky, but if I'm really on the ball one time per week, usually once every other week. And I've seen my profile views scale back 30%. Mm. Um, sure. You know, I'm just not, I'm not, I, I feel like I'm a little, I, I've, I've plateaued a little bit. So I'm definitely going to have to uh, take some more pages out of your book and, and pay more attention, closer attention to, uh, to your content. The, the way um, Alan Gannett would, would endorse, not just like, not just observing, there. but like really paying attention to what's working and what's not, and just dissecting it. So for for sure, man, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to learn up again. I'm excited, and, me too, because uh, I I definitely got advanced. But to to really finish the intro, you know, you've become <laughs> you know we've become good friends over the past few years, and which is crazy, you know, it's been a while, and uh, but we never met until. Until we are speaking at the same TEDx event, March Woo! 21st, the 20th through the 22nd of March. That is going to be so fun. I'm excited for like just the, even just the celebration after the event. I know we're, I think we have like an open bar somewhere. And oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> so, so I'm going to, I'm going to have some fun. And uh, yeah, I think that's going to be one of the, t one of the times of our lives. You know, there's many moments that, that, that we're going to, you know, look back on as, you know, the times of our lives. And I think that this is going to be something really special. And for that to be the circumstances of our meeting, I think it's just, uh, you know, it's like out of a, out of a, out of a movie, man. You know, I think it's very cinematic. I, I'm really excited for it, but we're here to talk today. Yeah. Were you sure, say man. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say like, dude, honestly, I think you and I, like the, the greatest part about this is that, you know, obviously like I sometimes forget that I'm still a kid basically, right? Like I'm 22, obviously like I, I'm an adult. That's all the, you know, all the activities that I do make me an adult, I guess. But, you know, I also remember that like, I'm literally in chapter two of my life. And, um, and I know when I look back at these times, like when I'm 55 years old, man, it's going to be like, it's going to be like the same way that like I, I watch like a Rocky movie now and he's like just starting and there's like a time lapse of just like all those moments. And like, that's what it's going to be, man. And it's like to, to think about that story in and of itself is it's like so mind blowing and it's, it makes me so excited. I don't even know how to express it. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure this is just the first of many. And, and honestly for me right now, whether it's the TEDx talk or the book or the people that I, have become my friends, it's like, I literally feel like, like my like my childhood fantasies that I wished at thirteen are happening, and I'm just like plopped right in the middle of it because I actually did it. So it's crazy, man. And I know it's just beginning. So we have a great journey ahead of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, always just getting started too. So we're here to talk today about your first book coming out, which I've seen a I've seen a, only the first fourteen pages of, but right off the bat, I was like, you know. I feel you like that's me. You, you have a way of, of almost just, uh, saying what people, a lot of people are thinking, you know, and, and I, yeah, I <laughs> so I got so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called screw being shy. It comes out. I know we're releasing the episode that week. This, this is coming March out 14th. March, March. Yeah. This is coming out March 16th. So, so, this, so the books, the, the book is out screw being shy. Yeah. Uh, why this book? Why now, Mark? Yeah. So honestly, man, I'm going to be quite honest with you, right? Uh, you know, I'm in the self-development world so much as you are too. I've interviewed like literally hundreds on hundreds of the world's most successful people all about, you know, mindset, self-improvement, psychology, health, business, entrepreneurship, all these kind of buzzwords that we use. And, you know, honestly, at first I was going to make like a standard like self-development book, like here are the five ways to success, consistency. And I'm not bashing on anyone who does that because I have a lot of friends that are like that and that's great. And like, at least you made a book, like that's impressive in us. Most people will never do that. And so for me, I looked at what was my number one deepest pain about life? My number one pain, right? Like for some people, when they think about it, for some, it might be like, you know, uh, some something with like addiction for some people might be like, you know, my parents split up when I was 13. And like, now I have relationship problems that still messes with me. 
I looked at my deepest pain, which was social anxiety, which was presenting myself in front of other people. I think everyone has some degree of social anxiety of being shy. Like you go to a party that you don't know anybody, you know, it's kind of normal to be a little bit shy. For me, honestly, from ages maybe uh, like 9, 10 to 18, 19, I literally did not talk to anybody. Like literally, I was that kid in the back of the classroom. I sat alone during lunchtime. I didn't play any sports. I barely had any r- real legitimate friends. Um, even like that, people that was that me I- from 14 to 18, man. I had one friend named Peter and I didn't have any classes with him. I never had lunch with him in high school. Like I was rough to fend for myself, man. I didn't talk. I feel you. Yeah. Shout out to Peter. But I'm like, that's why when I sent you my book, I knew you also had that similar past. And so I was like interested to hear your take on it. But essentially, like, you know, I really face this issue. And, you know, there's a lot of problems someone else can have in their life. Like you could be, I don't know, you could be depressed, you could be suicidal, you could be addicted to drugs. Like there's a thousand problems someone can have in their life. But honestly, after talking to so many people, And after going through it, I honestly believe that social anxiety, being shy, is probably one of the worst meta problems somebody could have in their life. And the reason why I say that is because if you have a problem, if you're struggling and you need help, go ask, go talk to somebody, go ask for that help. But when you have anxiety and you're shy, you can't really do that. Like you're just stuck in your own bubble. You're stuck yeah. in your own cage. And isolation and, and depression and isolation, it amplifies and distorts everything. It's 100%, really, it's really terrible. For and sure. I've, dude, I've felt that pressure with the way I was struggling with the, with my Ted talk that, you know, you know, I was really struggling mm-hmm. with, with putting that together. And, you know, we had our deadline recently of the, yeah. the rough draft or the first draft. And, and I like, I did, people are loving it and like, it really came together very well, but I was, um, I was really struggling for months and it made me depressed and it took finally admitting like to myself that I'm back in that depressed place, at least temporarily. And that like, I'm actually struggling with this. And I'm going to actually like open up about this. And so many people like, you know, our friend Heather Monahan, um, Don Wetrick, uh, Jeremy Miller, uh, uh, my friend Ron Carucci. Um, unbelievable how many people and past podcast guests came to my aid. And they're the only reason that, that I got unstuck because I was like, I wasn't shy in, uh, I was shy for a little bit to I- express you know, this pain that I was going through. But once I did, um, it was, it, it just changed everything. And it's the only reason that this, this Ted talk is moving forward. Cause I, 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 I there was no light at the end of the tunnel, man. I, I felt horrible. Oh, sorry to hear that, man. And it's like, <laughs> and it's like what you said, you know, that's, that's actually a part of my Ted talk about social isolation. It's mm. like, I mean, you know, you, the studies are out like social isolation is worse for you than smoking cigarettes and like nobody smokes cigarettes down. Everyone just jewels, <laughs> unfortunately. This is hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's like really like you look into social isolation, that's what leads to suicide. Social you, you, ever, you, ever, you ever take a, a puff of the jewel? <laughs> I have before in my life, but I yeah, don't. Yeah, I've, dude, I, I've done it like twice when I'm like, when I was like really drunk a few years ago. <laughs> God damn. It's uh it's weird, man. You feel but good anyway. for one second. Yeah, for one second. One you second. for one second you get like some like oxygen deprived head rush. But honestly, man, what I've learned is that um obviously this depends, but the best drugs in life are not substances. Like your brain, your heart, your lungs are a pharmacy. And if you know how to use them, you could get higher than a jewel literally with nothing. So um, that's Dude, a this whole Monday, other topic, This Monday bro. morning, man, w- w- this Monday morning, I've been feeling, I, I've been so utilizing the pharmacy in my body. Like I've been feeling um, just naturally euphoric the past few hours since I've got up. It's like, it's only, you know, it's only been a few hours, but like I've been feeling really good today, despite all the, you know, despite the BS that happened to me this past weekend too, that I, that I told you about before we really got on here, like I'm feeling super good, but so I, I, I know it exists. I can vouch for the pharmacy in your body, <laughs> high off life, the cliche that people make fun of, but it's true. For sure. And so, um, and so to get back to the point, essentially, you know, social anxiety leads to social isolation, which 
If you look at studies, they're in my book, uh, social anxiety out of all the mental health disorders is actually one of the most heavily correlated to suicide. Um, you look at other things, it's like social isolation is what leads to like mass atrocities. Like all these mass shooters, they all spend time in isolation yes. by themselves without talking to anybody. And then even if you look at the flip side, it's like, you know, you look at a lot of our global problems today whether it's climate change or gun control or mental health or pick one of the issues, all of those problems cannot be solved by one person or one CEO or one president. They have to be solved by communication, by real, legit, honest communication. And it's like the amount of talented, smart, intelligent, intuitive, empathetic people who are who are also socially anxious who were once upon a time in you or I's boat of being super shy and can't talk to the world those are the people that are going to solve the world's problems and so when i was kind of like looking at this main idea i was like holy crap like social anxiety being shy is actually a meta issue that can solve a lot of this world's problems and is creating a lot of these world's problems and there's almost no legitimate good books about it. There are a few books. There's like um, Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards. Yeah, that one of my goes favorites. Into. Me too. That book completely changed my entire life. That book goes into like human behavior and like how to, you know, re sort of reinvest your resources into like getting a better body language sort of understanding to reposition your life. That book is awesome. There's another book called How to Be Yourself by Alan Hendrickson. There's another book called Back to Human by Dan Chabelle. There's a thousand books out there, right? And so I've read a lot of these books specifically on social anxiety. And honestly, I have yet to stumble across one that has the uh, methods, vehicles that I use, that I use, that I almost had to figure out before I read these books in literally reversing and just completely eliminating my social anxiety and like being in a spot where I can... Obviously, like I'm still human. I still have problems. I still have fears. I still have insecurities, anxieties, yada, yada. But it's like, um, I, like, I don't even know what social anxiety feels like anymore. Like, yeah. I don't, like, when I walk Same. into a party or I walk into whatever, like, there's no part of my brain now that's like, oh crap, are these people not going to accept me? My breath starts like going heavily. That might pop up its head a little bit, but I'm consciously aware of it to manage it. And so I wrote this book as like, this book literally does not exist. If it doesn't exist, I have to be the one to write this. And I know I have a lot of other books in me, like in my life that I'm going to write, but this is one that was just like, this is one of my deep, deep pains that I felt my entire life. And there's not a book out there that encompasses what I found to be the best solution for a lot of people. And it's like, whether I go speak at like schools or even corporations or other organizations from the young people to old, there's a lot of people that struggle with this, but they just don't speak up. And so I'm like, I have to put this out there. Anyone that wants to learn, you don't even have to talk to me just read the book, see what happens. Yeah. I don't think you could have picked a better topic right now for for this book you know considering you know your life experience and just considering the times right and uh you know because everything everything in the world is better than ever st statistically you know just about everything but people there's this paradox of because people are are uh or, or i don't i don't know if paradox is the word but um more, people are more depressed uh, yeah. than ever before. So yeah, yeah. So so it's interesting, um, and I think you know it's a big reason why. Uh, but also too, you know, before we get to like these strategies, I want to want to ask you like, why do you think people are shy? Yeah. So this is it, man. So. So it's funny, right? Because actually, the first chapter of my hold on, hold on. By the way, this book's on Amazon, right? Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Get that book. Yeah, get it. Get that book, man. Screw being shy. So, dude, so the first chapter, man, is actually called Social Anxiety. Being shy is not your problem. And this can kind of seem like a, a massive sort of uh, like revelation because this is actually how I got started on like my entire self-development journey. Like once upon a time before I knew what the words – you know, mindset, entrepreneurship, self-development. Like I, I hadn't have heard of any of these words, but I was over 200 pounds, depressed, 
uh, flirting with suicide in my college dorm room. And I didn't, I wasn't consciously aware of any of these issues, but I remember I first became aware that I had social anxiety for the first time in my life. When I went to like my first college party and I got like, I drank some alcohol, got a little drunk. The part of my brain that shuts off judgment was like, oh shit, I can talk to people now. (laughs) (laughs) So literally after that night, I was like, wait, what even is life? All of a sudden my brain let me talk to people. I had never felt that almost never in my entire life. And so when that happened, I actually realized that I was shy, that I was socially anxious. Up to that point, I did not really even think about it. I was just like running with the unconscious identity that I had been giving my entire life of like, oh yeah, Mark is just like that quiet, shy, introverted kid in the corner. And so when I sort of like discovered that, I like went on like this whole quest to like understand this, try to defeat it, yada, yada, yada. And so that ultimately led to my self-development journey. And now looking back at this, at, at like what I did and all my issues and after I've talked to like some of the world's greatest like social psychologists and trauma experts and behavioral experts on my podcast, I've now realized that the reason why people become socially anxious is because of a traumatic event. Now, to back up a little bit here, right, like a lot of people that may not necessarily know what it means to be socially anxious, like I know for me, I always used to associate that word with being introverted, okay? And a lot of times in our society- That's a quote in your book I actually wanted to bring up. Most people in the world today are mislabeling people who really struggle with social anxiety and shyness as, quote unquote, being an introvert. Exactly. And so you see a kid sitting alone at the lunch table or sitting alone at the library. A lot of people think it's because they choose to like they, you know, and of course, that could be the case. I don't know, like they could be focusing, they could be doing whatever. But I know for me, like the reason why I was sitting alone is because I just didn't know how to make friends. I didn't know how to talk to people. I didn't know how to express myself. And so a big part of it is sort of mislabeling. And, you know, to take a step back, it's like, you know, I believe that for the most part, your behavior in terms of being an extrovert or an introvert is largely fixed based on your DNA, based on your experiences. However, there is some leeway right there. Yeah. Somebody who has social anxiety, they're not born with it. They usually develop it. And so a lot of people in their life that have always been called introverts, there's often a moment, like if they are able to remember far enough, there's often a moment where they became shy, where they became introverted. I know personally for me, I became introverted and I became shy because uh, like when my, first, my, when my parents first got to America, we were living the immigrant lifestyle. We kept on moving around to different schools. And so I didn't really feel a sense of stability and also because of financial things too, not feeling that stability. But for me, it was, I went, we left like the main city And we went out into like this rural, small town with 5,000 people. And I was basically the only person there that wasn't white. And so I had my fair share of people being super racist to me, like getting bullied every single day. People call me like a sand nigger. People tell me that I would never amount to anything. I would always just be like some kind of like janitor or some shit like that. And so I like looking back at my life, like around third, fourth grade, when I was just a young kid, like nine, 10, I remember developing being shy. Like I remember I was always sort of introverted, but I could talk to people. I I had like a small group of friends. Being introverted is totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of us introverts, more than extroverts, however, it can also happen to extroverts, have a tendency to almost slip into having social anxiety as a defense mechanism as a mask that you put out there in the world. So it's like the same way that it's like, you know, you, um, let's say same exact scenario. You move to a new new school, you're getting bullied, but then, hey, you go and you join the football team and you work out every single day and you get ripped and now you've got chicks, now you've got like your friends on the football team. That's someone else's coping mechanism for dealing with struggles. And so what I've learned is a lot of times- Dude, that was my coping mechanism. Senior year of high school, I joined the football team like in an attempt to 
be there cooler. <laughs> and I, because I didn't have friends, but you know, it didn't work out the the dreamy way that you said with the girls and the friends. It was quite the opposite. But <laughs> you know, it, I, yeah, I, the 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 girls were not interested, and the and and the bullies were ever present. But <laughs> but but to your point, it's a, that's a um, you know, it can be an outlet for people. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And I remember like specifically like in my life, like there were many moments where like, again, a lot of this, I, I, I literally could not see while it was happening. Like there's that quote that says, you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. But there were like many moments where just like so either something terrible happened in my life. I had some traumatic event that I just didn't know how to deal with. Um, something like I got disappointed. I was frustrated. My expectations were let down. And I like made like this internal silent agreement with myself to just like never talk again. So I would never be disappointed ever again. <laughs> I do and, that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's like, that's just a sign of key emo- emotional intelligence. And, and, um, you know, when I say the word trauma, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily know what that means. A lot of people think that's like, you know, like you get raped or like you see someone die in front of you, like extreme scenarios. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be. Trauma is literally like the more and more I read up about it, and I'm no expert in this. I cite many different experts in my book, but trauma is essentially when something happens to you in your life that you don't know that could happen and you don't have the mental resources to deal with it, process it, learn from it, and then move on. And it's because you didn't process it, your nervous system will almost be trying to replay that event in your head again and again and again and again until it processes it. This is how you get people to you know, go down uh, lines of behavior like addiction, not doing the things that they know they should be doing. It's because their nervous system is literally short-circuiting. And so... I think that's a big, big reason why people have social anxiety and being shy in the first place. It's like, hey, this terrible thing happened. And as a kid, I didn't know what else to do better because I was a kid. I didn't know. So I was just like, okay, I'm not going to talk to the world anymore. Okay, I'm not going to raise my hand anymore. Okay, I'm not going to talk in front of my family so I don't get embarrassed. Like whatever that scenario was for you, that's probably the main reason why people are socially anxious in the first place. Yeah, so if, if we don't want, you know, if you don't want people to be shy, you know, being shy is not the goal, obviously, with your book. What is, what do you want people to be then? What is the goal here? Yeah, that's a What's great question. What's the word for it? Do you, yeah, is there a word for it? So I don't, I, don't nec- I don't necessarily think there's one word for it, but this is what it's about. What does it look like? The, this is what it yeah, looks like, it? man. So like literally when I, um, you know, we can talk more about the how, but when I began yeah, to we're get on get the path that. of slowly but surely working on myself, kind of eliminating my social anxiety. What happened, man, was the stream of consciousness, the stream of potential that was always running through my head as a kid that was like, you know, oh, dude, you could you could do this, man. Like you, you could be a nicer person. If you actually tried and applied yourself, you could actually change the world. If you, you know, you should have actually talked to that girl. Like, I had almost as if like these two main streams of consciousness. There was this one that was the real me, the true self that has always been there ever since I was a kid. And there's this other stream of consciousness that's largely fear-based, right? It's like a problem arises in life. Like, you know, you see some attractive girl you want to talk to and it's like the fear-based one says, nah, bro. Don't do it. You're a loser. Remember last time when you tried to do that and you got shut down? See, it's not going to work again. And then you have the real you, which is like, dude, if I do this, I could actually meet a genuine person. And for all I know, they could be a serious player in my life like five years from now and they could totally help me. You know, we can build an intimate relationship together. I don't know, whatever. And so a lot of times it's like when you either lie to yourself or when you just get caught up in a pattern of fear because that's what other people are doing and it's much easier, you start living your life only in fear-based. And for me, what happens is you begin to develop very poor mental health because you're not actually living the life that you were strategically designed to build. I don't know about you, man, but I literally, and again, you, you don't know this when you're going through that, but when I got out of it, I literally remember seeing my life in black and white it literally felt like I was in someone else's movie that I wasn't supposed to be in. And so when I began to hop onto this other path of actually, you know, eliminating my social anxiety, being the person that I knew I always could be, moving towards like the potential of who I could be, it's almost like, 
literally my whole life went into colors and I was like living the movie, living the right kind of journey. And I could feel it. Like, it's almost as if like there was a compass on the inside of me. And it's like, it's not like I still wasn't get this, a disappointment, disappointment. Wow. It's been, a, it's been an interesting morning. It's not like I still Robert wasn't. Robert Marcus, <laughs> Aubrey Green. <laughs> I got to interview Aubrey Green, man. <laughs> Dude, he's awesome, bro. His, his mix of, of all that stuff. Uh, but, but honestly, man, for real, it was like, it felt like so much weight was lifted off my shoulders and I was actually living the person who I actually wanted to be for my entire life. And it's almost as if like, I would be proud like a hundred years from now or whenever when my great, 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 great grandkids look at like my LinkedIn video that's going to be like remade into a virtual reality. And they're like, damn, our great, great grandfather was doing this versus like me doing something in the past where I wouldn't be proud of that. And so for me, it's like living that life of mental, physical, spiritual freedom that just makes you like be a real role model and a real North Star to other people. Yeah. And to connect a couple of, you know, things you said here, you know, you know, we're not born with social anxiety. A lot of it's developed that that you mentioned. Um, I, as a kid, um, you know, even in fourth grade, I won the class clown award. I was really funny. I was not shy, man. I was, I was a loud, loud extroverted kid and, um, I had friends and, um, but somewhere along the way, um, that, uh, that went away, you know, start seventh grade. And then I got a good seventh grade kind of went away. Um, it was like pre high school, um, you know, and I was like starting to be really shy, but then eighth grade, I just got a good mix of people in my class and I was like funny again. Um, and then it was really dark and downhill after that. But now in the past, you know, three years, uh, it's really been, uh, and I've described it like this many times, but I've just, the reason I feel so good now is that I've reconnected with who I was as a child, as a fourth grader. Yes. And, and, a, lo- and mo- a lot of that involves being way less shy and way more curious. And you know what I do now, man? You know, I don't second guess myself. It, it goes, you know, it, even on a micro level, like... You know, you talk about the the fear based decision making, where like, oh, I shouldn't do that, I shouldn't say that, and uh, but I don't even. I it, it goes back. I something I talk about all the time: making decisions without hesitation. I just bam and do it, and that can get you in trouble in some situations for sure. You know, some things are better to be thought out, but you know, within reason. Uh, you know, I don't I don't tend to I don't tend to say things that are really grossly inappropriate. I just don't. Obviously, you stay away from that stuff, but. Whenever I think of, you know, something to like, something to say, like, I just, I just fucking say it, man. And I, and and even if it's, even if it's weird, yeah, even (laughs) if I, even if it's weird and and awkward, I just smile and laugh. And you know what happens? The other person smiles and laughs too. If you just (laughs) say it, smile and laugh, it almost always works out okay. Um, And it's like, I just feel, I feel very confident now too, like, and, and just not, I'm not consumed with you know, worrying about myself and, and thinking about what other people are thinking. Like I'll walk in, you know, I'll walk into a classroom, man. And, and I'll talk, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll say, I'll say good morning to the, the teacher. And I'm going back to my seat in the back of the classroom. And meanwhile, we're the teacher in the way front is carrying on the conversation with me. And we're talking, I'm asking her how her weekend is. She's, she's asking me how my Ted talks going. And, and <laughs> and and we're across the classroom everyone is listening to our conversation i could like i could never i'd be so self-conscious of of, of that before maybe you know people could call me obnoxious but i you know i think it's a just just that um being able to like do that little little thing there um i think that's just to me a big sign of my own growth as a person and and being less shy like i just I just don't care, man. <laughs> For real, dude. I just do it, say it. It, it. it doesn't really, you know, matter. I don't take myself too seriously. I laugh at myself. Like I made, you know, out of this situation that happened to me this weekend, this one of the, just, just a horrible thing with, in terms of my graduation circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, 
being pushed way back. Um, I've made a joke out of it. Like I, it, it, in, you know, I, I was, I was depressed for like two hours and now I'm, uh, you know, channeling Bill Belichick of the New England Patriots. You know, he said, he, he, reporters asking him a question, on to Cincinnati. Reporter asked him a question, nothing about the past, nothing about the future. We're preparing for Cincinnati. And yeah. that's me right now. On to TEDx Wabash College. <laughs> the answer that's to all questions problem. is on to TEDx Wabash College. We're on to that. Mark, Mark Metcher and I are on to TEDx Wabash College. Exactly, so. man. And then, and, then after, and then after TEDx Wabash, there's going to be something else, right? And I think, um, exactly. you know, obviously, I think it is important to, you know, feel your emotions and process them so that you're not just, you know, trying to like shove them to the back. But it's Oh, also I cried like, a lot. There you go, man. Uh, but it's also like, you know, you don't want to focus on- I screamed on- a lot too, bro. <laughs> all right well there you go um you know like there isn't there isn't much point in putting your conscious energy on something that isn't really going to matter five ten years from now and um and yeah you know i love what you said about you know not second guessing yourself and um and sort of like not might sound weird if i say that you know <laughs> dude there's literally an entire subsection in my book about that and it's actually called the subtle art of not thinking and it's essentially like this, this very like this practice that I had to consciously and deliberately build out in my life because whenever I was like, literally like ever since like my, the beginning of my existence, I remember like, let's say I'm in a classroom, I show up early before the teacher comes. There's like two other students that are right next to me. They come sit next to me because they're friendly people. They start talking about the Super Bowl last night. And they start talking about this, 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 and this. As someone who has social anxiety, as someone who is an overthinker by nature, all of a sudden my brain is going to start like hearing what they're saying. And then it's going to be like, oh, you know what? I should say that thing, but I'll say it at the end of when this guy's talking. And then as that guy's talking, my brain will come up with like three other things as to maybe why or why I shouldn't say that. And then I'll just like be thinking, and then next thing you know, the conversation has already moved on. They're not even talking about the Super Bowl. That used to be my life for the longest time. So like, there's like a whole part of my book that like literally goes in depth with that and like how to begin to like reverse that because that is so, so, so important at like a micro- micro 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 level man i mean honestly if i still did that aside from like social interactions dude i wouldn't have even have a tedx talk like i literally i told you i literally woke up one day saw david riggs put up the tedx application on linkedin i was like it was like 6 a.m i was like here i'll do this it'll take me like five (laughs) minutes fill that out (laughs) happened so it's like if i second guess myself i'm like oh i'll do this if i have time like it wouldn't have happened and so that and also social situations, it's so important. And so there's a big part of that in my book because it's hyper, hyper important. So important. Yeah, I, I did that with with my TED application. I did that with my volunteering to teaching Israel next year application. Like I just, I was just like, I'm gonna like, I'm just go fill this out. Like I didn't even, I didn't even think about business implications or, or, or any of that. You know, now that's stuff. Now the form <laughs> has been submitted. That's stuff that I'm like thinking about, and it's all good. Like it's all sorted out. You know, so we're talking about strategies here. One of them is like the subtle art of not thinking. What are some other strategies to screw being shy, overcome that shyness, and yeah. come into who you really are, your real self, your authentic yeah. self. I am extremely grateful that you are here with me today on Growth Mindset University. We have interviews with the best of the best. New York Times bestselling authors, billionaires, the like, the most successful people in the world, people like Mark Manson, Naveen Jain, James Altucher, so many more. And I don't want you to miss these interviews. So go ahead and subscribe to this podcast, Growth Mindset University, wherever you are listening right now. One of my favorite things is when you reach out to our guests that we have on the show. So for example, if you enjoy today's guest, please reach out to them. Tell them that you enjoyed today's episode. Send them that token of gratitude. Like, look, I heard John Jordan's show and it was so good. This really impacted me. If you do this with every guest, you're going to start building a world-class network in record time. This is how I built my network. So this is just another way I'm looking to give back to you here. Just give you this little tip. So reach out to our guest today. And now without further ado, please enjoy the show. What are some other strategies to screw being shy, overcome that shyness and come into who you really are, your real self, your authentic self? Yeah. So, you know, I think 
also I think in kind of like this uh, like this self improvement world of like self help books and stuff. Um, I think a lot of people have a lot of great strategies. I think a lot of people have a lot of great things to conceptually understand. Uh, but I think a lot of people lack the legitimate nature of how people actually do things. Right? Like, so like a lot of people assume that if you read something, you're going to do it. Right. So it's like someone that reads my book, they stumble on that section of the subtle art of not thinking. Who says they're actually going to do it versus just like read the book, be like, okay, and then, you know, go play Fortnite for six hours and then knock out and then wake up late at like 10 a.m. and then already be behind. They're like, oh, I can't read this anymore. So it's like, to me, honestly, like the first big like wall that fell down in terms of me conquering my social anxiety, the first one was what I just talked about, which was like becoming conscious of it, becoming aware that I actually had it in the first place versus like saying like, oh shit, I'm not just like some weird random person that just can't talk to people. Um, the second part was honestly this, man. It was establishing my biochemistry as a foundation. And I think this really, really lacks in self-development, right? So it's like people that have excuses, right? Like as to why they can't do things. A lot of the times people in the self-development industry, they say it's like, oh, dude, stop making excuses. You lack motivation. You lack discipline. When in reality, the reason why they're not doing it is because maybe their body and their brain literally does not have enough energy or and or usually because of that, they have some sort of a mental health condition that enables them to just simply not do things like you or I, like I did once upon a time. And so for me, the biggest strides were, you know, throwback to um, when I was sort of figuring this all out, I was over 220 pounds. And there came a time in my life where I began to just learn more about health, just like nutrition, exercise, sleep. I was never aware of any of that stuff. Like my diet consisted of cereal and milk, muffins, cupcakes, uh, breads for dessert. For lunch, I would eat like fried chicken tenders, French fries with ketchup, chocolate milk. For dinner, I would like not eat dinner and then I would just like eat like either like more cereal milk or just like cookies on brownies, on Doritos, on Oreos, on all that kind of crap. 2 a.m. probably. Yeah, like 2 a.m. Yeah, I was not binging broccoli at 2 a.m. I think probably the only vegetables that I ate were like those like those bullshit synthetic vegetables and like fruit snacks and stuff. Um, Veggie chips. Oh my God, don't even get me started. People Um, think those are healthy. That's just hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's just like any kind of new in demand, any kind of new interest, there's always going to be pseudo players that actually just care about money, not so much about like the integrity of their brand. And they're just trying to cash in in like a very short temporary period because they know they're not going to be around for long, but whatever. And so for me, man, the moment when I stopped eating any processed food, like zero, like nothing that comes in a bag or a box, I just began eating things that came, grew from the ground, grew on a tree, have been walking around the ground, have been swimming underground like fish and stuff. I just began, I feel like a tremendous amount of energy. And um, what you can do with that is like, you know, if you don't have enough energy at any point during the day, a lot of the times you simply cannot be yourself. Like you cannot be your best Uh self. So uh it's like, so it's like you could literally read all the books you want. You could literally have all the motivational quotes in your head. You could say all the positive affirmative things. And sure, those will help, but that's just like at a surface software level of who you actually are as a human. If you want to do things at a fundamental level, they have to be way below the surface at like a hardware level. This is like this is analogy of like this is like you trying to install iOS 13 on an iPhone 4. So it's like if you're trying to read all the books, if you're trying to be focused, if you're trying to make sure your brain works properly, but like you're like you're either not even eating or you're just eating a ton of crap, you're sleeping like 5 hours a day, you you have an exercise in like a week, you drink alcohol a ton, you do a ton of drugs, you drool all day, all you do is just sit there sedentary and just play video games or watch TV or scroll on social media. 
like you're literally not going to be yourself. And so for me, energy became like the the fundamental, the foundational layer of my life because I didn't have it. And growing up as a kid, I was never energetic. I was diagnosed with things like autoimmune disorders, like asthma, issues with my stomach, which is heavily correlated with anxiety. I just had like so many health conditions that were zapping my energy. And so the moment when I began to eat like a 100% clean diet, I got more energy. I got more energy and I was like, huh, wow, I'm like not exhausted at noon. What else can I do? Oh, let me read this book over here. Literally never read a book in my entire life before the age of 19. Started eating healthy, gained more energy. Huh, let me read this book. Oh, wow. All these smart people are talking about meditation. Let me meditate. You get into meditation, which is like a whole chapter in my book, which will literally crack open like your social identity, which is something we could get into. And then I'm like, huh, I have way more energy now. Let me get into like exercising regularly. Huh, I have so much energy. I just tired out my body and mind through exercise. My stress is lowered. Oh, wait, I can actually go to sleep for the first time in my life for like seven to eight hours. And so like all these things began to happen. And if you lack that before in your life, what began to happen to me was like, I remember before I even to specifically tackle social anxiety and I just began to like tackle my unhealthy, like eating habits, began to tackle house 220 pounds. I noticed a tremendous amount of like literally just like social anxiety go down because I had the energy. And like I looked into like the science into it. I looked into people that are way smarter than me. Like my book has over 150 scientific peer-reviewed sources that I've cited. Amazing. And it's like I social love anxiety. I love that. I love that your work is based on that. Yeah. For Ask sure, me. man. Because I'm yeah, I'm I'm a man of science. Like I'm not here to give people a book and just talk about like my story and my anecdotes and what went right for me. Like I'm trying to drill down into like the black and white science. And it's like they found that like your if your brain is deficient, you can literally have social anxiety. If you are deficient in like vitamin B12, you have much, much, much higher percentage of not having, being able to focus, having depression, having social anxiety and isolating yourself because of that. There's like a thousand other examples I could give to you, but it's like a key thing that I had to understand is like social anxiety, anxiety in and of itself is part of it is a purely physical biochemical equation that we're almost never told Today, it's always like things on the surface, like software, like, oh, you just, you can't have any excuses. You just have to try harder. You have to have more discipline. But it's like, dude, I've, I've been trying as hard as I can ever since I was born. Like, if you really think about it, like everyone is always in every moment of their life trying as best they can based on the information they know and based on their environment, literally doing the best they can for themselves. So it's like, it's not an issue of willpower or discipline. It's an issue of understanding how the science of mental health actually works. Like that's what it is. So that's like a key component in my book that I think really, really lacks in this like community, like this, even the scientific community for sure. And self-development. Yeah, yeah. I want to make sure people get Screw Being Shy, the book. Um, people can also get, we were talking about LinkedIn earlier. Um, you actually, you have a course now on- yes on LinkedIn, you know, you can learn from Mark Metry the way I learned from Mark, uh, markmetry.com should be, should just be there, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Markmetry.com. You can check out book, whatever I've got going on. Sure. I appreciate Dude, the shout out. Yeah, man. I, I think you've become a much better speaker now because you, you came on my pot, like the three interviews you've done on my podcast, um, pretty much all evenly spaced out um, since September of 18. We did September of 18. Jeez. We did March or, you know, it came out in April of 19. And then uh, now we're recording this in on, you know, on February 2020, 20, 20, baby. 2020. And, you know, it'll be out. It'll be out next month. We're moving you up in the queue so we can get it out for your book that is out on March 14th. Uh, Screw me and shy. And you've, I've watched you um, 
you listen to you become this much better speaker, you used to use a lot of crutch, not even crutch words, but crutch phrases. Mm. I'm thinking uh, one of them was, oh, yeah, you always, so, don't, you know, I, I you don't do this anymore, so it's awesome. But, like, you used to do this thing. I know, I don't know, I noticed this stuff just because I love For communication. Sure. For sure. But you always used to use, and here's the thing. Yeah, and now it's okay to do that every now and then and a couple of times in a conversation, but you did it like in April of <laughs> if of nineteen. I you read did it sentence. a lot. Mm, <laughs> for sure. So I I I um I'm actually so I'm really impressed with I don't know what, what sort of you know conscious work you've done to improve your speaking skills or has it just been all the speaking events and engagements that you've had over the uh you know past few years but it's uh whatever it is it's working man and um yeah how long i, I got i got like i got like one final question man yeah uh, or like two you know what um how long how long did it take you to write this book so i started working on this man on my plane ride to los angeles in september nice yeah so it has not been uh long at all and um and yeah i mean to your previous note i think i've just like I'm in the process of growing up, so I'm always learning. Um, I think it's the amount of speaking engagements. I think it's my overall lessening of an anxiety because when you have anxiety, you're always like trying to speed up the words. You're trying to fit as many as you can. Uh, and oh, so I yeah. Think speed is a big thing. It, it Someone who talks really fast, they're, they're, you know, people can perceive them as less trustworthy. They have less authority, low status. Um they could be perceived as lying. Yeah, it's. But you're sorry. You were saying. I just had. I, I no, had to no, go no. I totally agree <laughs> with that. And it's. It's honestly not even so much about what other people, but it's about what you'll think about yourself. Because, yes. like, what I learned is that you know through all my speaking engagements, people literally do not remember what you say except for maybe like two or three things that's relevant to their lives. And so it's like the more I can say, in less. That's better. If someone can write down one, two, three things without reciting like my whole 45 minute keynote, I think that's better. And it's just like, you know, talking more to people, um, listening to my podcast again, listening to how I talk in my recordings. And it's just me growing up, man, because this is really new for me too. Like I told you, literally up until ages 18, 18 and a half, 19. I didn't talk to people and I'm 22 right now, man. So it has not been a, a long time. And Haven't so I'm been talking for very long. Exactly. It's so like, I, I literally feel like some four year old that just got like a yeah. new superpower. So I'm just yeah. like exploring it. And I can't wait like 10 years from now to listen back to this interview and be like, Oh my God, I was like three years old. <laughs> so it's just like, it's all, it's all incremental improvements every day, bro. You know, that's great. Mark. I appreciate uh, it so much, man. Yeah, dude. It means I, uh, you know, I've asked you this question before, so and I don't remember your answer, so I'll have to see if this. I'll have to listen back and see if this has changed. The other time I, I asked you this, I probably asked you this in April, not the first time that we did an interview, though. But um, if you could teach a course at a university, a course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? Man, so I remember last time. I'm pretty sure I said it was like how to be a human 2.0. I remember you asked me this question. Yeah, yeah, pro probably said, said something like that. Yeah. Honestly, I think I think. Which, by the way, plug. Yeah, listen, listen to uh, Humans 2.0 the podcast too. Yeah. Honestly, I think for me, it's between uh, one or two things. I think number one, it would probably be at which is this is the area that I'm entering entering more into with my professional career. It's been just sort of like a hobby, but it's around like this book of social anxiety, human behavior, mental health transformation. I'm hoping like as my book comes out, as I become more credible in those areas, as I begin to speak speak more on that specific industry topic, I hope to gain more credibility and then and actually like be able to teach like legit classes around transformation, mental health, social anxiety, being shy specifically. Because I think, again, when I think to like university students or not just them, I think a lot of people struggle with this. And then also, if this, if this was like in a business entrepreneurial setting, it would probably be how to use LinkedIn. Because um, like, you know, I've been marketing on the internet for literally the last 11 years. Like I was literally 
like I remember having a Twitter account in like 2009 and I've like seen so many different evolutions and waves and patterns come in. I have yet to see something other than like, other than podcasting, LinkedIn be such a powerful, underrated, underutilized platform that if someone gets serious about it, it could literally change the course of their entire life. And so for me to teach that, to a college kid or even someone else that has like some sort of any kind of thing that they want to do in the world, help them use LinkedIn as a vehicle to get there. That would be fire. And like, like you said, like you mentioned my course, that's why I did it. Some people can't afford my consulting fees or my whatever. So it's like, Hey, if you have a, if, you know, it's not It's going to be more than a cup of coffee, but it's like, if you want to invest in yourself and learn like some cutting edge knowledge that I didn't learn through like reading articles on how to market or how to use LinkedIn and actually just hundreds, thousands of hours of just trying to do it, failing, getting back up and doing it for a ton of other like Fortune 500 companies to small business owners to seeing them change it. That's what it would be. LinkedIn, mental health, shyness, social anxiety. MarkMetry.com for that course. Boom. Mark, we're on to TEDx Wabash College. Thank you. Woo. Thanks for having me on, bro. We've reached the end of this episode of Growth Mindset University. For more keys to success and methods to inspire your entrepreneurial spirit, head to jordanparis.com slash course and enroll in our free course to elevate your podcast to the next level. Be sure to pass the show along to someone you know who will benefit from the lessons learned in each episode and we'll catch you and them on the next episode of Growth Mindset University.